You're listening to the Viral Molly Podcast Podcast. Now here's your host, Rob, on the mic. Hey, good day, everyone. I'm Rob Espero, the Viral Volley Podcast, and we got a college volleyball weekly men's indoor edition. And again, Dan Friend of Lewis, Dave Hunt of Pepperdine, and Jay Hostick of George Mason. Had a week one. It was tumultuous, uh, you know, two-thirds of the matches. Uh, COVID cancellations are rescheduled, but we did get some matches off, and that's what we're here to talk about because we we're still excited to see the matches that were being played. And I wanted to get it over to the guys on matches that caught their eye in week one of this 2022 season. Let's start with Dan friend of Lewis. Oh, there was a, there was a few. Um, so I don't want to steal from the other guys, but uh, I got to watch GCU and McKendry the first night. I thought that was a great match. And, you know, Janky was pretty impressive. Uh, that guy did some, some pretty neat things, but even McKendry, they, I thought they put themselves in a position to kind of, you know, win a couple games and didn't quite finish, but they had some really, really nice uh, plays and they were defensively pretty good. And so it was a good match to watch. Lots of fans in that arena. It was really neat to see, you know what I mean? So you're watching that and it was the ESPN plus. Um, the one I didn't get to see that I wanted to is uh, Penn State and BYU, but I don't have Big Ten. So maybe Jay can talk about that a little bit. In terms of that. Does anyone have uh, Big Ten? <laughs> uh, no, I don't have Big Ten yet. So, but, uh, and I think the other match for me, um, you know, was, Lincoln Memorial came out and got a win against Purdue four way. And I knew, knew Purdue was without their stud, but what a great win for Lincoln. I know they wanted to play us and I think they were geared for a match on the second night. And uh, those guys, you know, put it together and were able to get a win. So. Yeah. How about you, Jay? Let's go over to you. Yeah. No, <clears throat> first of all, Janky and Gianni, that's a dangerous duo for anybody. Um, high flyers, live arms, uh, big serves. I mean, I, you know, it's January and I was seeing some serves that definitely had a seven in front of that number. So um, they were legit good. And I, and I was pretty, uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, uh, the other one, I, I did see Penn state BYU. I, I think BYU is in a rebuilding year. Uh, they've got, uh, they got a couple of guys that returned. The Italian came back. I'm pretty sure he is the guy, but I don't know how much of a supporting cast around him he's going to have. This year, he had some pretty big heavy hitters around him the last few years. So it'll be interesting to see what BYU does this year. You know, he, he, the coach is going to figure it out. He's going to move some things around and, you know, kind of put some new players in and see who can perform. But Penn State's legit. You know, this this team has been together for, what, three or four years now, um, you know, and they have steadily worked their way up the ranks. They are dangerous. And anybody – uh, who plays them this year. If you don't take them seriously, if you're not looking at the right things, you're going to be in for a world of hurt. And their kid, Toby Ezionu, the, the middle blocker, redshirt sophomore, or true sophomore, actually, that kid is hitting at probably the 11-foot clip, maybe even 11-6. He is way up there. Um, and he's he's an unorthodox player. He hasn't, he hasn't played a ton uh, growing up, but he is figuring it out. He's going to be a kid that in the next couple of years, you might see on the national team roster, maybe when he's all said and done, he's up there. Um, those are the ones that I watch the most. All right. How about you, Dave Hunt of Pepperdine? Yeah, I mean, Stanford, it was cool to see Stanford. They played three matches. They got all three of them in. Being in Santa Clara County, where Santa Clara County has not been uh, <laughs> very helpful in terms of getting some some events going. Uh, you know, I've I heard Jay's comment about BYU. BYU and watch him. We played them in the fall. They're missing two guys, at least in this uh, last match. 
they have another setter that's real good, and their outside hitter that hasn't played yet for them. I think he redshirted. Yeah, Mix, I think is his name. He's he's legit. So when those guys get back, that team is is really good. There's not a huge drop off. Obviously, Gabby uh, losing him. Anybody that loses a player of that caliber is is gonna have a little bit of a dip. But they're they're damn good. They're not nearly what they showed against Penn State, and it's a bummer because I wish. I wish they would have been at full health to, to be able to do that. Um, but Stanford, watching Stanford play those matches, watching USC go and play Santa Barbara uh, and, and have to grind out a win the first, the first night or first afternoon that they played and then uh, watch them play the second one. So that was, that was fun to see. So, um, yeah, I'd say a combination of all those three. Hey, I was going to add in, I think you're going to see a lot of this. Like, we don't know all these pieces. <laughs> you're going to start seeing teams. Like, we're supposed to play tomorrow, whereas to Tuesday, with 10 guys. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. you know, it's like you're going to start seeing some teams play, and it's like, who are they really missing? Like, we talked about um, Purdue-Fort Wayne. They're missing Vincente. You know, he was he's not there yet. You know what I mean? And so he's not playing for those guys, and that's a pretty big piece for those guys. And so I think – you know, as teams are working through this pandemic and who can play and who can't, it'll be hard to feel like who's really got all their pieces on the floor and they're ready to go. And if you're able to keep your team healthy on the floor like a few teams have so far, then they're going to be a little bit ahead of the game probably. So Who knows? Next week when this thing happens, I might be looking at the at the screen and going, you know, Lewis looks like they're in a rebuilding year this year. They're not yeah. that good. They don't have their big hitters. Like, who knows? Dan doesn't what want to play do. Mitchum. What's going on there? Is there like, is there a little beef? Does he think that he's not buying in in his eighth year? I mean, what's going on? Well, and that's going to screw up everybody, not only in the poll voting, but all the people that look at the polls. They're going to think, why is this guy voting this team so good? They're missing all their players, and it's like, oh, nobody knows what the hundred percent truth is. So it's going to be yeah. interesting first few weeks. Didn't we talk about that last year on the poll? It's like, how can you vote somebody? Because somebody's in, yeah. nobody played here and nobody played there. It's like, well, that makes it really difficult. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things, one of the big tournaments that usually happens in the week one is the A6 Santa Barbara tournament. We saw three teams cancel out. You know, it ended up being only USC, UC Santa Barbara, and who am I forgetting in that mix? I just think UCSD- was was supposed to play, but then I saw they didn't play any matches, so I don't yeah, know. They canceled, and then Cal State Northridge was supposed to be there, Concordia, and UCLA. So uh, USC ended up playing UC Santa Barbara twice in the revised schedule, but I mean, USC coming out with two big wins uh, under the helm of Gary Sato. Um, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Nygaard wasn't there due to just some family reasons, but, you know, they USC started off slow, and they picked it up and gained momentum through the weekend. So, you know, exciting things for USC being that in recent years they were kind of rebuilding and and but that's your conference dave and you know you have to be uh, wondering what else they got going on there yeah i mean i also santa barbara right they're knowing the recruiting landscape knowing who's there i mean they have some guys that didn't play and and i didn't see them on the bench and so you got to assume this day and age that there's some covid protocol reasons so santa barbara is going to be good rick's a real good coach so they i think they play another one this week and then they got a little time before they come and play us so um yeah, I'm with Dan. Like, there's going to be a lot of, and it's probably going to happen until February, mid February, if not yeah. even later. Of just, oh, all right, this guy's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy's <laughs> out. Is is the coach crazy? Is what's going on? So, yeah. we'll see. Well, I jump over Jay and his conference and his teams because we haven't seen a lot of teams, with the exception of Penn State. Uh, and I, you know, you've got NJIT lurking back there, and you know they got talent. But talk about the, the matches that happened and. Um, you know, some of the guys that, that we're, we didn't get to see, I guess this week. 
Well, you didn't see anybody except Penn State play. Um, you know, we uh, we our first match is coming up this weekend, and Princeton's flying out to California, and they're you know got a few matches on the docket, but and Harvard's going out as well, and GIT's flying out and playing some people. So we're we're all starting to ramp up now. I think that was a Penn State uh, decision to get somebody in early, and BYU was ready to go, and you know well, it's a good Fran- matchup between the two. Saint Francis played Juniata. They were supposed to play Long Beach. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. They beat Juniata in three, and and uh, and I was watching that match a little bit. And Juniata looked like they were missing some guys, and again, that could be COVID reasons. Who knows? But um, you know, the, the 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 reality is is that the EIBA has gotten really strong, uh, and you know that we're we're at nine teams this year, and the NEC is breaking off next year, so we're only going to have six teams in 2023, which you know is what it is, but. St. Francis of Pennsylvania, St. Francis of Brooklyn and Sacred Heart are breaking off and creating their own conference with LIU and a couple of other teams. And they're going to be uh, they're going to be pretty good. You know, some of those teams are already established. And so uh, the EIBA uh, NGIT had lost their big Spaniard, Jimeno, but they've got a couple of the kids that have stepped up and some, some young guns that they brought in are really good. Danny's building such a strong program out there. They're going to be a handful for anybody. Uh, you know, and Penn State, again, they're, they're just – they're head and shoulders right now above everybody in our conference. They're that good. And, uh, you know, they're they're the favorite for sure. Uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they win at all. They're that good. Yeah. Let's jump over to Miva. And there's been a, a transfer of powder, so to speak, if you look at the polls. But, yeah, Loyola listed at the top as the number one preseason favorite. And obviously your team, Dan Lewis, is uh, right there close behind. But there are other teams like uh, Purdue, Fort Wayne, McKendry, you know, teams that are really making some moves now. But uh, what is this this first week? Does it tell anything about the conference or is it still too early to tell? Well, I think it's too early to tell. I think that the great thing is our teams were able to travel and play. You know, Loyal is in Hawaii and they played and that's always a tough trip. And. Lindenwood went out and played uh, Stanford and Irvine. Well, that's great for Lindenwood. It just makes them even that much better. They got a core strong group. I know ultimately they didn't win, but that puts them in a better spot. And then we've seen McKendry already compete at a high level and they went out to Grand Canyon and played a great match. And Ohio State got a couple matches against the new program, Central State, in terms of that. And so, and uh, Purdue Fort Wayne makes a travel trip down south. So I think great that a bunch of our teams were able to play and compete. If, if you're looking for a telling sign, I don't know if you have one yet. I think. Uh, I think, again, our conference is going to be battled from the one through eight. Uh, Karen is down at Quincy now, and she's doing some nice things. I'll be curious to see how she's got her kids playing uh, as she starts getting things off the ground at the same time. And so I don't think I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, uh, you know, wins and losses between these groups of teams, you know what I mean, as we start competing. And so I'm just a big fan of traveling and playing. And as our conference has done that more and more, it makes us better and compete at a high level. So sometimes you got to get your butt kicked a little bit, uh, but in the end, it'll make you better and it makes our conference better. And that's what long time ago when I took over, that's what we were doing. We just traveled and got beat up and it makes you better in the long run and tells your kids, hey, this is the level that I'm trying to play. So I think it bodes well for our conference as we get into that play in February. So. Well, let's jump to Dave and the MPSF. You know, obviously, between, depending on what pool you, pool you look at, you got UCLA 1 or Pepperdine 2 or vice versa. And we know it's going to be a very highly competitive conference. But, again, you have this factor of, like, who's going to be putting what on the court at this point. So uh, what are your thoughts on what's happening in uh, so far in week one? Yeah. Except I mean, some of your cancellations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right now, the only thing we know is, I mean, we really know we saw Sam 
Stanford, we saw SC and we saw GCU. We know that GCU, I think they have it. You talked about their two outsides. They really, and their opposite is real good too. And that they're all in their fourth year and they're probably all freshmen. So, you know, with COVID, they got four more years. I joke around about it, but we're probably a big benefit. You know, we, we benefit just as much as anybody. So as I say that, please understand that, yeah, I'm sort of making fun of myself too. I have plenty of seventh year guys. Yes, I get it. Um, so those are the three teams that we know about. You know, Hawaii, we didn't touch on it, but Hawaii sort of handling Loyola. I mean, I thought Loyola and watching those matches, they don't have their right side. Luke Denton, he's been their guy. I, I don't see him on the roster. I don't know what's going on there. But um, I think if he's not on the team, that, that sort of hurts them. Uh, I know that they might have been voted number one or a preseason favorite. I think Ohio State and Lewis maybe move up ahead of them if they don't have a right side attack uh, that they can establish as they're going on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, for our own conference, GCU, I think it's it's always been known that GCU is real good. They knocked off BYU last year. They played them four times. So they won one of them, but you know they were all tight, specifically the ones that were up in Provo. So. Um, yeah, just a lot of competitive balance. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try and cover Big West, but if you guys want to chime in, I definitely want you guys to, to jump in. But we obviously saw the Big West uh, at least uh, go four, uh, two and four on the week, and that's Hawaii getting the two wins versus Loyola, and then the 0-4 against uh, USC and, of course, Stanford uh, for UC Irvine. So, um, But Hawaii looked really strong, and they've got a deep core of outside hitters. They, You know, I read the Hawaii threads. Like, I don't know about the Libro position, but they seem to be doing okay. You know, they're, they're such a huge physical team and Chaz Galloway had an incredible weekend. You know, then they subbed in Philip Humler here and there. Jacob Tella. I mean, he's got a wicked jump serve, scores a lot of points from the line, keeps teams out of system and he's aggressive on the second ball. So, and he's a natural lefty. Um, Hawaii looks really, really good early on. And, you know, uh, Guillermo Voss, he's kind of the unsung hero of the weekend. Had zero errors both nights. It was, you know, eight or nine kills and just was phenomenal on defense. So Hawaii is definitely still the top team at the moment because no one's seen Long Beach. I haven't seen Long Beach State since last season in like February in an empty venue match. But And they were they were injured. So um, I'm, we'll talk about week two. But, you know, Long Beach State could be the X factor in the Big West. Um Irvine definitely has a new uh, couple faces on there. And uh, so did UC Santa Barbara. I'm, you know, obviously it's because of new faces and COVID protocols and so forth. And, and everyone's been dealing with that. But, uh, you know, early on in the season, uh, it's definitely a uh, crapshoot. So anything to add, guys? Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jay. Oh, sorry. Uh, Hawaii goes as Thelly goes. If that kid is having an on night, he's finding the right hitters at the right time, they're going to be really good. I, I was impressed by him. Um, I've been impressed with him for a while and obviously being a natural lefty and him being aggressive at the net, that, that kid's got what it takes. So Hawaii is going to be as good as him. Irvine, they need a setter. I know they, I know they converted their middle to a setter and it's, it's kind of a, you know, a, a little bit of a trial and error. And then obviously I don't think, you know, Niff is putting him, his team at number one in the country, but they, if they can get a setter that can get in there and set consistently, I mean, Sonny is one of the best outside hitters in the country. Uh, and he's, he's finding ways to get kills, but imagine if he had somebody that could put a ball in the right spot every single time. And that's, that's a deadly combination. So Irvine might struggle a little bit early. The conference is so deep in terms of everybody kind of being even, you know, I think, 
I think Hawaii right now is just a little bit above only because of the experience level of some of those guys. But I mean, Northridge is going to be really good. San Diego is going to be really good. We don't know anything about Long Beach, but they never really put out a bad product. That's going to be a battling conference, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I might add to that. You know, some years you see teams have this big growth stretch, and then other it's like, see, Penn State's great. I don't see Penn State making this big growth stretch, but I see them playing at a super high level and one of the best teams in the country. But I think you're going to see three or four teams in the Big West Conference take this stretch and really grow by the end of the year. Like, why is reloading, not rebuilding? You know what I mean? If Irvine settles through a setter that runs this offense, they've cut all the other pieces. You know what I mean? And so, and I'm not sure we saw everything with Santa Barbara in terms of that. And then where Long Beach is got. So I just think there's going to be a lot of growth and some teams at the end of the year where you're going to be like, wow, they, they have really taken some big steps in terms of that. And I think this conference is full of that. So. Yeah. You know, I agree with them. And I'm, I'm voting Long Beach state number one in the country. Um, I know we haven't seen them. Uh, go yet but they have their freshman bulgarian kid seeing him this summer seeing what he did at youth world championships he carried a dead medium bulgaria team i think they got second at, at world champs youth world champs is that right jay do you know that they got second um the kid's legit and you put him with all the other talent that alan's got there and they're like who said it but you know they've never really put out a bad product and they play alan gets them playing the system he wants they understand how they're going to play the game and when they play hawaii late in the year i think those are going to be battles and yeah i just we haven't seen much of long beach the last two years right they only played 10 to 12 matches last year but they're they're good i can't wait to see the volley talkers response to dave saying he's going to put long beach state first it's going to be i already awesome. did twice two weeks in a row <laughs> love it always good starts of the year when you can rattle the volley talk crew <laughs> just so you know jay has said volley talk twice now i said it you know what i mean so it's like he's inciting like you know, he's to walk, you know what I mean, they like to think that i like to kick the hive so apparently i'm kicking a hive right now who knows uh, well let's uh jump over do. to Let's jump over to our week two matches on uh, what everyone's going to be watching. I think there can be more than one. It's good to pick like three or four because who knows if it's going to go at this point. But um, let's start with uh, Dan on this one. What are the uh, matches that Dan Friend's watching? Well, I mean, there's a lot of matches, and I'm hoping we get a few more percentage-wise than we did last week. But uh, I want to see Princeton play. Uh, like, Sam, Dan played. I don't, is it two years? I mean, it's like uh, – I'm excited for Sam, excited for his group of guys, and uh, I want to see those guys play some volleyball. And the other one would be Harvard, right? Harvard hasn't played either. Uh, and so I want to see those guys play and uh, and see them be able to compete. I think Harvard's playing your group, uh, right, Rob, Irvine, sometime? In yep, Wednesday be. night. Yeah, and so I'm excited for those two teams to be able to get yep. out and compete. And those kids are certainly chomping at the bit. So those would be my ones. Yep. How about you, Dave? Yeah, I, I'm with Dan. I want to see Princeton play. They got a lot of talent uh, that they've accumulated, and Sam does a good job at them. I also, from the coaching perspective, I want to see all the teams that played last week. So I want to see SC. I want to see Santa Barbara. I want to see Irvine. I want to see if they integrate new pieces that weren't on their, their roster. And I want to see the changes these coaches are making. I like to just see how coaches develop uh, the groups they have, what adjustments they make. If you're a team that you feel like you don't have a veteran group, 
and you're not going to be in contention for an at-large, you know, you got to win through your conference to get to the NCAAs. The, the first part of the season is all about how do we, how do we adjust? How do we grow? How do we get better? Um, so I, I just like following that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see all the teams that got to play, play again and, and just watch their growth. Yeah. How about you, Jay? I'm really excited to watch Grand Canyon at Penn State. Uh, I know Grand Canyon uh, played well at home against McKendree. I want to see if they can continue that. And I think they're at full strength. So having a full strength Penn State and a full state Grand Canyon, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I also want to see Harvard and Princeton. Harvard has not played. I haven't seen Harvard in two years. So I really have no idea what they look like. I saw Princeton in the fall at a tournament. They're legit. Wedbush, their setter, their freshman setter is one of the best setters in the country and will arguably be one of the best setters in the conference. And that's, he's running a real nice offense. So they got a lot of pieces. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and Dave's right. They are chomping at the bit. I also uh, am looking forward to seeing NJIT against Lewis and Leola. NJIT has got a couple of returners from last year. Uh, they've got a setter with a little bit more experience. They're opposite mice are still legitimately just big, giant, strong kid that hammers the snot out of the ball. Uh, and they got a new freshman outside hitter from Puerto Rico is going to be pretty good. So NJIT is going to be one of those teams that if you're not careful, if you, if you don't take them seriously, which I don't think anybody is really fooled by it anymore, they are legit. Uh, and they're going to they're gonna beat a couple of teams this year that maybe they haven't in years past. So excited to see them play. Well, I'm just going to say I'm uh, looking forward to all your guys' matches since all your matches were canceled last week. And I was hoping to at least get a little bit of you guys in week one. But Definitely your guys' match. matches I'll be watching are going to be Harvard at UC Irvine since it will be my first of the season on the ESPN feed. And then the grudge match, Stanford comes to Irvine uh, since I was a five-setter on Saturday night. I want to see how the teams respond. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm looking forward to Long Beach State. <clears throat> Haven't seen them for a long time. They play Erskine. And uh, hoping that, I mean, from our chatter earlier, it may not happen. It's some talks of potential Erskine not making it out. I, I'm not sure, but... I just hope they're able to get a match off and get a sense of where Long Beach State is at. Um, I wanted to throw this on you guys. Just, uh, you know, try something new, but pick your player of week one. I want to do that earlier. Just one guy that really stuck out in performance. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Dave's looking real confident. He's got his <laughs> ready to throw out there. I was actively listening. I was nodding. I oh. was, I've been working on that. Now that I'm married, I just, I was actively <laughs> listening. That's great. So I got to go first? Yeah. Uh, sure. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to go with Nathan Litsky, uh from Stanford. I just winning three matches in the week. Um, I like what he does. I like he's aggressive at the net. Uh, I like how he really competes with and for his teammates and just gets his guys charging hard. Like I said, they're playing with a passion. Uh, it's hard to match, right? And it's genuine. You could tell just what they've been through over the last 18 months or however long it was. It's just, it's galvanized that group. And they're going to be a good group going forward. If they don't make a huge run this year, I see that group at some point uh, charging hard. Yep. How about you, Dan? Uh, Jacob Thiel uh, from Hawaii. Uh, six aces night one, three aces night two. And you know, like Jay said, I think he's the, certainly the guy that's driving this team with a couple of new pieces and the direction he wants them to go. And uh, he was in the 30s and assists both nights, teams hitting at a high clip and uh, really doing some great things for his group and, and running those guys. So he would be mine. Yep. Jay? 
Janky from Grand Canyon on the first night alone, he had 21 kills and hit 576. It's pretty good. Good stuff. I'm going to throw one on there from uh, USC, Simon Gallus. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly, but USC down in match number one against UC Santa Barbara, 0-2. Gallus starts heating up. They win it 3-2. Then they come back and beat Santa Barbara on Saturday, 3-1. So uh, great performance by the Trojans. So, hey, gentlemen, that concludes episode one of 2022 and our 2022 season of College Volleyball Weekly and the Viral Volley Podcast. Be sure to head over to volleyballmag.com as well for the feature where you always get the banter, the news, the results, and a little bit extra. And active listening is the term of the day by That's Coach right. David Hudson. So, hey, guys, I appreciate you uh, coming back on for another uh, year around the sun, and I'm looking forward to your matches this week. Thanks. Good luck, guys. See you guys. See ya. All right, let's hit that. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Viral Volley Podcast podcast. Be sure to follow Rob at Rob on the Mic on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or at robonthemike.com. Check it next time.